Hello, KM family, and welcome to the Kingdompreneur Mentor Podcast, where listeners experience God's unfair advantage in life and business, hosted by Reggie Flowers. Kingdompreneur Mentor supports the development of faith-based entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs by helping them to dismantle their struggles and gracefully build a life of fulfillment and success while honoring God. We exist to provide you with the evidence that faith plus skills times belief equals disproportionate increase in your life and business. So whether you're listening in your office, kitchen, car, or on the treadmill at the gym, thank you for trusting us with your ears as we continue to strive to maintain that trust. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Kingdompreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Reggie Flowers, and I'm excited to be here with you right now. If you listen to episode seven, do you know that that was a precursor or a trailer for today's conversation? I highly recommend you get yourself ready because we're going to dive into a really deep and uncharted conversation around the state of Christianity entitled Why I Left Christianity, titled Reactivating Christians. And you have to understand that the enemy has a huge movement attempting to take place really to dismantle along with fragment, confuse, and just really get people out of sorts as it relates to the faith of Christianity. Because confused people can do nothing, right? There's analyst paralysis, there's hesitation, there's doubt, there's worry. These are all these things that happen, and you begin to believe whatever you're seeking, right? So whatever you're seeking, you're going to believe. And I wanted to just kind of dive into what I've been thinking about this whole week. The research I've been doing, the conversations I've been having with some of my spiritual mentors, and and just feedback that I've been getting from other people within the faith that are true, activated Christians. And if you're new to the podcast and you're wondering, what is an activated Christian? We define, you know, people who understand faith plus skills times belief experience God's unfair advantage. And when you experience God's unfair advantage, in summary, you're realizing or experiencing his promises in your life, meaning you can point to them, you can identify them. And what that does for you, it roots you in strongly, you're well positioned, and you won't be swayed by what the naysayers are saying. You won't allow the confusion or the doubters or the haters to get you in a place where you're questioning your faith, where you're questioning whether or not God exists or what you read in the Bible is real. And although you may be thinking to yourself, if you're listening right now to the tone of my voice, I haven't personally been in, you know, the, I wasn't sitting next to Moses or I wasn't sitting next to, you know, John or first Peter, I wasn't there. But if you have that type of mindset, it becomes really hard for anything for faith to work within your life. And so that's part of the reason why here at Kingdom Panura Mentor, we really work on helping people develop a undeniable, uncontrovertible or incontrovertible belief in their faith, specifically their relationship with God, because without your own independent relationship, it becomes hard to rely on the facts versus listening to the news and reading the press. The press is doing a job of really getting everyone to deactivate. We are on a mission to reactivate. So if you're listening right now to this message and you're in a place with your Christianity where you've stepped away, you've left your church, you are in a place where uh, you're privately 
you know, worshiping. You're you're not doing everything that you can do, but you still believe that there is a God and that Jesus died as our Savior, as our Lord and Savior. Then this message is really for you too, because I want to help begin the journey back, right? And I'm going to provide some context from a perspective of someone. I am not a pastor, but I am someone that when I look at my life and I look at how I've lived it and the ups, the downs, and, and really from 2014 to now, just how God really grabbed a hold of me, schooled me in a way where I really got a chance to experience his love, experience his favor, experience his mercy. And it showed up in so many different facets of my life as a father of five. And if you're, again, if you're a father, happy Father's Day to you today. I'm excited to be with you on Father's Day. Uh, if you're a business owner, if you're a business leader, if you're someone who is in a place of transition, this conversation is going to be very helpful for you because we want to help you get to a place of certainty and belief and having an independent relationship with your Heavenly Father that's unmatched. And then what happens with that, you begin to experience the fruit from that relationship. And when you begin to get the fruit, there's no going back. There's no turning away. There's no doubt. And most people never get to that place based on the conversations I'm having, what I'm reading, and just the research and what it's delivering to me. So when we talk about today, why I left Christianity, that is the conversation that's widely spread. There's news blogs. If you Google it, it's everywhere to be found where people are justifying, you know, even hashtagging ex-Christian, right? Which I'm working right now on a counter hashtag that's going to see millions and millions of people. And if you're supporting this, then you too will also be using a hashtag moving forward. And some of those hashtags may be hashtag um, activate me, you know, hashtag activate Christianity, hashtag um, activate reup. You know, there's several different ways that we can approach this and letting people know that there's no real decline. It's just there's a deception. There's covering the veil of the truth. And we're going to kind of remove that veil. So we got two main conversations or points that we're going to discuss as we're hanging out together, learning together, growing together. And before we get into those points, um, I just want to know what are you really doing for Father's Day? So if you could do me a favor, you know, comment down below and tell me how your Father's Day was, whether you're celebrating a father, a husband, a brother, whoever is doing an awesome job raising children, supporting, backing children. And if you're someone that's celebrating a man of God, you know, we had to give them an extra round of applause because, you know, they're stepping in as the provider. And the provider doesn't just mean financial provider, but the provider of sustainability, certainty, love, um, trust, you know, safety is a provider. Then you have the protector and then also the priest, right? Those are some major, major responsibilities while dealing with the world, right? Dealing with the enemy's world on top of that. All the, the tests, the trials, the tribulations, uh, temptation, you know, that's a lot uh, as a provider, as a man of God to have to deal with. And so today is a day that we definitely want to celebrate you. You're worthy of celebration. You know, I ask that God continues to go before you and prosper your way. And that people go out of their way today and any other day to bless you, to increase you, to strengthen you. Even if they don't understand why they're doing it, they're doing it, okay? For me, I'm grateful I woke up this morning uh, 
my wife got up with the children and I was able to rest a little bit longer today. And she's super awesome. She does that most days. And, and if I see that she's kind of getting tired or, or, you know, looking like she needs more, then I'll always step in to help support her. Because as a man, as a husband, as a provider, part of my responsibility is to identify the needs of those who are in my house and be able to step in and provide those needs before they ask for them, right? It's a key essential element to be able to be always in a place of prep being present and being able to catch it before it gets too far. And when that, when you do that, you really keep your family protected both spiritually and you keep your family protected um, from a, a emotional and mental standpoint when you look at it from that perspective. So after I woke up, came downstairs to some gifts and presents, we prepared for church. Uh, we went to church, really great message, really supporting fathers today. Uh, it was really great. Pastor did an outstanding job. Uh, we had communion. Communion was wonderful. Uh, and it's interesting, my, my, my year and a half year old, he came out of his class, right, because he has children's church, and he was just, he was feeling himself, okay? Like, he came out, walked right past me, and I'm like, who is this guy? He's usually more uh, con reserved, uh, ob observant of what's going on. He wasn't. He was on a different wavelength when he walked out, so he must got a really great message. He was feeling the Holy Ghost, and we were happy to see the gospel, and you know, just seeing all my children here, uh, like you said, from the ages of 17. Uh, for many of you, you may or may not know, my 17-year-old just graduated high school. And we're really excited for her to begin her journey. And, and like you said, her walk with Christ has been increasing, increasing over time. Then my boys are uh, 9 and 10. And they're just tremendous guys. Like, we got the report cards. Um RJ had all A's and one B, which was the first time in the last few years. And then Alex had all A's, so tremendous academically, you know. And then Giselle, who's the baby, right? She's six months, you know, she's getting strong. And the way she looks at daddy uh, is just a remarkable day. So I am extremely grateful for the multiplication that God has provided me, right? He says, to be fruitful and multiply. And I definitely did that. Uh, I can't say I took responsibility like I intentionally did it, but I definitely look at the results and I've done that with five wonderful children and tremendous human, human beings. And then after church, we, uh, my wife and I went on a quick date. We went to go see a movie uh, for the second time, The Flash. If you haven't seen Flash yet, as you may or may not know, but DC has done, has really been trying their best to keep up with Marvel in terms of their writing and plots and, and just storytelling. They've struggled, but I think they've begun to catch their stride in this movie. Um, the context, the interchangeable, you know, plots and catalysts and protagonists and antagonists. It was really, really a, a solid movie. Uh, the first time I took a nap, so I had to see it again. And if you get to know me, that's where I go to kind of de-stress. If, if I have a lot on my mind, you know, five children, multiple businesses, a pool of investors to answer to. Uh, there's a lot that goes on, plus producing content, you know, on a weekly basis. And we're preparing now to open up a new channel of content here pretty soon where I'm going to spend more time during the week training 
here on YouTube and, and really just helping you identify conversations in your head. For example, like why does God favor the bold? You know, that's going to be part of our context of conversation. We'll talk about things like why you're, why you're leaving Christianity, a quick path to being rich, um, why your kids keep acting up. Like it's just going to be focused on the three F's, right? Which is going to be your finances, your family, and faith, okay? Or fitness, excuse me, fitness. Faith is built into all of those. So finance, fitness, family. We're going to be covering that area, giving you what's been working for my family, um, both in terms of economics, in terms of family, and, and getting in shape this last 12 months. I'm going to be talking about all those things um, in our coming conversations. And so you can expect for that to launch here within the next week to two weeks. Um, I'll make sure that you get it. And if you're hearing me loud and clear, say, activate me, because I want to know the people who are listening on YouTube, or if you're listening right now through Apple iPad, I mean iPad, Apple Podcasts, or any of the podcast channels, just know that we're here to activate you. That is our sole focus. We exist to help you experience God's unfair advantage. And you have to remember that, because once you experience it, you can't go back. It's like it's like a balloon. Once it, you know, it expands, it can never return back to its original shape or size, you know, or like a parachute. Two main focuses today. Why are Christians deciding to deactivate or leave Christianity? And then number two, how do we fix it? Which is a really big question, okay? And so we're going to move through what are the main causes for people deactivating? What needs aren't being met? that's causing the deactivation. And then also we're going to look at, you know, people who hurt, you know, the old saying hurt people, hurt people. So the people who are in the faith that are hurt are also hurting people and is moving good people away. But what are the main causes? I think the primary reason overall, the statistics that we're going to talk about overall, the, the data that I've collected and, and aggregated here in the last week, the biggest reason for leaving is that Christians do not have a firmly rooted, independent relationship with their Heavenly Father. That is it. Like when you think about any relationship that you have in your life right now that you value, and that could be with your spouse, that could be with your children, that could be with your parents. When you think about those relationships, that have stood the test of time, that have weathered storms, there's been joy, there's been sad, there's been happy, there's been pain, trial, even in some cases betrayal. When you think about that, when you have independent, deeply rooted relationships, you don't allow the noises from the outside to come in to shake up or uproot what has been established you know, for years, decades, you just don't allow it to happen. But when it's not firmly rooted and it's easily to be plucked, then any noise that speaks to a feeling and then you begin to act on that feeling and producing the behavior can easily allow you to waver and even get to the point where you're disgusted, resentful, and you walk away. So although people have placed the blame on so many different areas. Matter of fact, let me give you some of the areas of blame 
that people are saying this is why they're deactivating. Okay, so first and foremost, the the lack of support for the LGBTQ community. And I'm going to speak to that, so I'm going to come back, but just know behavior of believers, politics, faith leadership, intellectual integrity. Intellectual integrity? I don't even know who came up with that one, but mental health, independence, women's rights, scriptural issues, civil rights, exposure to differences, pain, abuse, hiding, abuse. Okay, so the list can go on and on and on and on why people are justifying their reason for stepping away from the faith. Now, some of you, I may have listed off some things that have caused you to second guess the faith. And when I look at that, I think to myself, that, that that is a person who really was not committed to their walk with Christ. They were interested. It was a preference. It was a fad, maybe. But they weren't firmly rooted. Because if you really believe that the Bible is what it says it is, and I am what it says that I am, then all this other noise that's going on right now should not cause you to waver. But it does, because the relationship isn't there. I'm going to discuss how we fix this, but when the relationship's not there, this becomes the cause of this. So check this out. For some time now, there, this is a, a, I'm citing this from a Pew study. For some time now, Christianity has been on a decline. According to a September 2022 Pew study, people identifying as Christians have decreased from 90% in 1972 to 64% in 2020, okay? Now, when you hear that, it's like a 26% decrease, millions of people. But my first thought is, how big was the control group? (laughs) Okay? Like, how big is the control group? Oftentimes, some of these control groups are only based on 1,000 people, 5,000 people, 10,000 people, and they're taking those ratios or those pro rata ratios, and then determining those to be across the entire sector without any real evidence. But the person without this firmly rooted relationship hears that information. It moves them emotionally, so it gets them to emotion. If you were, if you were listening to our previous podcast, I think number seven, I talked about how the enemy leverages emotion, or it may have been number six to cause you to be emotional, to make irrational decisions, much of what he did with Eve in the garden, right? Because he wants you to be in a place of scarcity, lack, right? As opposed to abundance and increase, which is what our Father, Heavenly Father, represents. And so the first, the highest priority based on this research I've seen on multiple sectors The LGBTQ discrimination is a big reason why Christians are leaving, deactivating, or disaffiliating with the religion or the faith. Let's talk about this for a second. Because here's what you didn't see. You know, they're they're always discussing that smaller groups, right, that are, are being mistreated, that are not being taken, they're being taken advantage of, and that these these specific groups are e- experiencing severe treatment. 
the first thing I want to know is what is the severe treatment? Because when I look at civil rights and I look at, you know, slavery, when I look at the Holocaust, I, I, I see severe treatment. I see people that were hung. I see people that were mass murdered. I see people that were, you know, there was catastrophes that took place that eradicated bloodlines. I don't see that happening stateside with the LGBTQ community, right? TQ community. I see people who are not in agreement for both um, um, biblical and personal reasons. I see people who don't stand in, in solidarity with it. But I don't think that's a reason for you to blame it as a purpose for leaving Christianity. Because here's the facts. We believe that marriage is between man and woman by birth, right? Because we got to say that now because we have the increase in, in gender equality and transgender equality happening. But if you look at all this, there's a lot of confusion. Then you go to other parts of the world where it's still very simple. There's man and there's woman. And then a lot of the arguments are, well, they want to blame God. So here's what the arguments start with. Well, if God wanted this way, why did he make LGBTQ people? And what's interesting to me is he, when people were born, they were either a male or a female. When they were one, two, three, four years old, they were still a male or female. And then when you look at history, majority of people statistically in these communities who have entered into this space will say that there was some major trauma related to their childhood that shifted the way they saw people. So if you look at that controlling number and category of people, and I don't have those statistics with me, but please, you're an adult, Google, and find the statistics, find someone that's um, vetable and verifiable. But that God did not cause that. He did not produce that, right? That was man and free will that inter- interceded. And here's the funny part. When you look at the politics right now, you'll see that the politicians are pushing legislation to create more confusion for children to, to identify differently at a very young age, which is very pervasive when you think about it. Just pedophiles at the highest level getting children to say, hey, you may have a penis, but if you want, you can be a woman. Even though biologically, all the drugs they'll have to take, I mean, it's just not possible. And if we step out of humanity and move into just like species in general, could you imagine what would happen to populations of other species begin to say, I'm now interested in the same sex, right? If elephants became same sex, tigers became same sex, right? Rhinoceros became same sex, right? The population of animals would be eradicated. Now, fortunately, their higher level of thinking doesn't cause them. Everything is still instinctive. And what's in their ability to follow what they've done for some of them thousands of years, millions of years like alligators, 
But us with the higher level of thinking and also free will, we're creating this confusion. But if you think about those populations, the only reason why they're entering becoming extinct is because of man. So man is still the culprit of confusion or or the eradication of family or species is still man. And so that's why this conversation is so important because, listen, Christians if we're doing Christianity the right way, we're activated the right way, we're experiencing God's unfair advance the right way, we will always love all people. But it is okay for us not to be in agreement with how someone's living their life based on our moral or biblical code. And then people wanting to get offended, but they're doing something based on what they believe is their moral biblical code. They just can't reference anything fundamental like the Bible to support why they're doing it. However, if you also go online, you'll find people who are saying they've been, they're being delivered from being homosexual, for being transgender. They're being delivered that they found God and God's delivering them from that. So if God made them that way, now you're saying he's delivering them from that way too? No, they got into his place Jesus is the Savior. He's saving them. And so that's why Christianity is so firm of saying, look, we're not in agreement. We're not pro-abortion. We're not pro-this. We're not pro that." And now, look, I am not coming to you as someone who's perfect and lived a perfect life. I made mistakes. I've fallen short. But what I've done is I've made the, I've made the decision to stand firm on the rock of faith and say, this is how I'm going to choose to live my life. I like the fruit that it produces. I like the way that I feel. I like to see what it does for my family. So this is a decision that's ultimately best for us. But I'm telling you right now, if you're a Christian, you're listening to this, you are to not to discriminate. You are not to make people feel bad. Your job is to equip them with love, knowledge, and inspiration to cause them to build a relationship with God so that they can be saved so they can have eternal life. That's one of our responsibilities. And that's a whole other topic and conversation. I don't want to get off track. I'm kind of already off track. Get on to a rant. So let me get back on track, okay? Get back to my notes. All right. So... Writing a letter, um, C.S. Lewis, you know, author about potentially converting to Christianity, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he started out as an atheist, he converted to Christianity, and he wrote something here, and I want you to hear this. It says, the best argument for Christianity is Christians. Their joy, their certainty, their completeness, but the strongest argument against Christianity is Christians. When they are somber, joyless, when they are self-righteous and smug and complacent, consecration when they are narrow and repressive then christianity dies christianity dies a thousand deaths okay when we get into how we fix this we have to do a better job of being more intelligent and what i mean by that is that we have to be able to distinctly separate the people and people's behaviors people's you know, understanding the, the underlying needs of a human being, their value systems, right? All those things are associated. And then there's, the, then there's the, the faith. And what you have to realize when you look at Christianity is that Christianity has a very low barrier of entry. So anyone can classify themselves as a Christian, even if they're not a Christian. And if you look at um, one of our podcasts called Quasi-Christians Are Being Messy, the quasi-Christian you have to know who they are, how they function, how they appear, how they are fronting, as we say, right? Putting on a front 
So you can distinguish because a lot of quasi-Christians are the ones who took some information, right? They weren't whole. They were quasi, and they applied it, and they overdid it, overzealous, and they're now pushing people away when they're not even living the way, but they're affiliated. And sometimes you can cause, you can be guilty by affiliation. So the real Christians are sometimes guilty by those who are, are quasi-Christian. Now, there are also people who are... Well, again, if it goes back by the definition, even the person who's not living righteously in Christianity is still quasi, no matter if they're the pastor, if they're the deacon, if they're the usher, if they're singing in the choir, you will know them by their fruit. And so when I think about the fruit of a real Christian, you will feel that spirit. And what will happen is, is that whatever's going on in your spirit, right, whether it's being attacked by it with the enemy schemes, demons, warlocks, it's gonna it's gonna be disrupted when you get around that firm Christian because they're gonna the, the 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 spirit can't coexist in that environment, and when you feel that as the person and you're, you're this person making you uncomfortable, that's a great reason why you need to go repent because that's an inter reflection letting you know that there's something happening within you. <laughs> okay, and so what I want you to know is that when people define a person's behavior. You remove their affiliation with Christianity, and that's just a person that's being smug, complacent, you know, um, narrow, repressive. That's just that person being that person. Because they said they're a Christian doesn't make them a Christian. Why? Because you can't just vet it. How do you vet when somebody tells you they're a Christian? What is the vetting process? What is the process of proof that lets you know that they really have committed their life to God, that they're committing to the commandments, that they've been baptized, right? That they've repented of their sins. You don't have evidence. So why, 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 why would you believe them? Because of what you saw? Because they're in church? I don't think that's wise. I think the fruit. It's what's wise. So if you enter in a church and somebody's misbehaving quasi-Christian-like, then that should be a clear indicator to you that there's something else going on in their life, and that should interrupt your relationship with God because of what they have going on. But we've been so influenced by influential people who were really not worthy to influence us because we were weak, we were hurting, we were in a place or a season in our life where we were confused. But I'm here to help you bring clarity, to shed light on the reality of you understanding human behavior, human conduct, and then disassociating that with Christianity, then you'll be able to focus on what you need to focus on, which is your relationship and your responsibility. And when you do that, then everything around you will get better. So how do we fix it? Let's talk through this right quick. And We've, holy smokes, I intended for this to be a lot shorter, so I'm sorry. So let me get through this last part. How do we fix it? The first thing I mentioned is we got to separate the people from the religion. So I kind of talked about that. I mentioned, too, that there's a very low barrier of entry. So when there's a low barrier of entry, anyone can get in. Now, the great thing about anyone getting in is that we have a good process, a good farming process when people enter in the, into the faith and, and help them grow as a person, shift their mindsets, remove limiting beliefs, getting past their childhood traumas. 
then that allows everyone to have a fair and equal opportunity. But the problem is, is that you got people who think they're a little more sophisticated coming in and manipulating that low barrier of entry and then running off good people who are really in need. So if you have run off, listen to my voice, you need to come back and just focus on your relationship. Ignore who you had a relationship with. And yes, you want to be around like-minded believers, but part of being around like-minded believers that if you have a true independent relationship and they have one, there will be harmony. But if there is not harmony, then there's some incongruency and it will show itself, but let it be what it is. You don't have to associate that directly and say, well, that's Christians. Because guess what? If you go into the clubs, if you go into the strip clubs, if you go into the gun clubs, you're going to find people who are not Christians but are behaving the same way. And some of you are not leaving the club because somebody shot somebody. Or you're not leaving the gun club because somebody made a racial slur. Or you're not leaving the yacht club because someone's being smug. You'll stay in those clubs even though people are misbehaving because of your independent desire and your independent relationship. It should be no different with Christianity. Oh, man, I feel like I'm on one today. Okay. I mentioned no accreditation and process for formal training. So what does it really start with? How do we turn this around? Number one, we got to understand the modern Christian. And the modern Christian right now is heavily influenced by social media it's influenced by entertainment. They're influenced by everything non-God. So you have to help them realize and separate that desire, that entanglement, right? That um, temptation. You have to get them off that. It's also an addiction, right? It's an addiction. When it's all said and done, it's an addiction. Uh, many of us have experienced it. We have to get ourselves off the addiction to kind of move forward. Then we got to figure out and identify the needs. Now, the needs... Everything in the Bible is already there, but because of biases, biases and, and limiting beliefs, we now have to help them through the world back into the word. And so we got to start with their needs. And oftentimes it starts with uh, mental health or fitness, right? We talk about the three F's. It starts with their fitness. So we got to look at their both physical fitness. We got to look at their, um, their spiritual fitness, right? Get those things intact, get those um, in shape. Then we got to look at family, both the family they've come from, the family they've established, and look at that data, support that, provide them with tools and strategies to improve that. That's going to help. And then finances. Believe it or not, many people, like, like today, you know, we were, we're visiting a new church, and um, they're doing missionary work. They're sending 24 people, two different batches, so two batches of 12, to um, Brazil, Brazil. And, you know, they had to raise money. Now, we weren't there when they were raising money, but I was looking at my wife, and I said, it's a blessing to know that we can help finance the kingdom, that God's equipping us with finances so we can write checks and we can be happy to give. But when people's finances are right, they get real uncomfortable when it's time for offering. They get real uncomfortable thinking, oh, it is the church is just using us. And there are some churches who have done bad, but there's banks that have done bad with your money. There's brokers, there's advisors, right? That does not mean that every single part of the, Christ, the Christian faith is tied to that experience that you have or know someone who's experienced it. We shouldn't think like that. We should be a little more intelligent, a little more mature, mature when we're thinking about how we're going to support. So getting your finances right, getting helping you get on the other side and become wealthy, I recommend it because when you become financially independent, 
then you begin to look at how you sow money totally different because now time is more valuable to you than the money. And so you're more than happy to put your money to work or to tithe your money. And our mission is to help people become multimillionaires, even billionaires, so that they can help finance the kingdom, right? There's a lot of change that needs to happen and economics will play a role in that. We got to do a better job of how we communicate. So people are going to improve their people skills, <laughs> okay? And how to lead them effectively, taking them where they're at, knowing the way, showing the way, and then being able to nurture that journey is going to be part of how we fix it. And then we have to really reactivate the quasi-Christians, get them on track or get them out of the faith and say, look, the Bible, God says that if you're not willing to pick up your, I mean, Lord, the Lord says, if you're not willing to pick up your cross and follow me, then you're not worthy. And so if they're not worthy, they need to be removed until they decide that they are of worth and that they really want to stand firm in this. And they're not going to be swayed by the populace or the consensus or the media or friends or family. They're all in. Okay. And so in our two minute recap, I think the greatest thing that you can take away from this conversation is what are you going to do to establish your own independent relationship with God? Regardless of what anyone else in your home does, in your community, your job, your church, if you're attending one, what are you going to do? What's going to be your daily practice? What's going to be your ritual to build this relationship and make sure that it's firm, it's rock solid, and no matter what storm comes, no matter what attempt from the enemy comes, you're locked in. Okay, that's first and foremost. The next thing is, how are you going to implement this? How are you going to take this information? How are you going to implement it so that you can become not only ex have the experience, but you can become an astute teacher to help support other people in their faith? Now, you may be here with Kingdompreneur Mentor for that very reason, because as we prepare to open up our mentorship course, which is going to be called, and don't hold me to this because I got to speak to the board, but we're thinking uh, Kingdompreneur Accelerator, then being a part of that 90-day, 12-week course is going to be a huge advantage to you because not only will you learn what to do and how to do it effectively and then have tangible results, but it's what happens when you get on the other side. Once you get your certification from Kingdompreneur Mentor, the access that we're going to give you, the, the blueprint that we're going to provide you, the support that we're going to instill in you will ultimately help you, whoever's committed, become a seven to eight figure person in terms of net worth or cash flow in the next two to four years. And then how could you, as the listener listening to this, how could you better support the kingdom? Would that be missionary work? Would that be educational work? Would that be providing services to other fellow kingdompreneurs who are in transition? You know, we like working with the leaders because the leaders will support the masses. And we just want to be a beacon of hope, a representation of God's word, his promises, and his faithfulness as we are faithful to our community. And then the key takeaway from this is it's time to have independent thinking. You have to become an independent thinker. You have to become an independent doer. You have to become an independent believer, independent lover, 
independent. We can't be dependent on how we feel, what other people are doing. We have to become independent. So I hope this helps. Please leave your feedback. Please leave a review here on the podcast. Let us know your thoughts. And if you're excited for us to help you get activated, please come and activate me so that we know who you are. And we're going to add you to our email list so that you can get our news blessing, which is coming out once a week, starting here in a couple of weeks. And it's just going to be a tremendous season of, of what we're going to do together, the work that we have to do to increase and, and bring and unify the body. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your help. And I'll see you. KM family, what an incredible episode we just experienced on today's show, packed with wisdom and enlightenment. Remember, please subscribe to our newsletter, podcast, and YouTube channel for the best results. In addition, you can contribute to Kingdompreneur Mentor by commenting, requesting topics, or emailing us. And if you desire a deeper relationship with Kingdompreneur Mentor, visit our website at www.kingdompreneurmentor.org and learn more about our courses, masterclasses, and live events. We pray that God's favor goes before you and prospers your way and that people go out of their way to bless you.